Hello and welcome to November's Inner Sanctum webinar with special guest teacher Natalie Sudman, who is the author of The Application of Impossible Things, one of my favourite all-time books about lots of things, but you know, she showcases her amazing journey working uh, in Iraq as a contractor in Iraq and being blown up by a roadside bomb and having an amazing NDE experience, an extensive NDE experience. And uh, we're going to go into that today, but we're going to talk about some of the possibilities available to us, like the application, like how do we apply impossible things in this life. So I'm so excited to introduce you to Natalie today, who I'll just get her to share a little bit of her journey and then you can all jump on and ask her questions and um, we'll take it from there. Hi, Natalie. Hi, Karen. Thanks for having me. <laughs> and Natalie, I have to say, Natalie is also the most exquisite artist. If you go to nataliesudman.com, you'll see her art. And just behind her, she's at a friend's place at the moment, but just behind her, you'll see one of her paintings. Obviously, her friend is as much of a fan as, of her art as me. I was just saying, I want her art on my walls. But Natalie, let's, uh, let's start at the beginning. So, so I'm just going to give people a little bit of uh, insight into you. You're already very spiritual, already chatting to your mob or your guides and uh, downloading and having this lovely spiritual life. But you decided it might be fun to go over to a war zone and work <laughs> over there. Really? Let's talk about that decision. <laughs> that decision? Um, I was working as an archeologist for a, um, a federal agency. And um, I was applying for jobs overseas and I wasn't getting anything. I wasn't finding anything. And then there was a call out to all federal agencies for um, people to come help the Corps of Engineers down on Hurricane Katrina cleanup. So I volunteered to go do that. So I went down to Louisiana and Mississippi for uh, all together for about two and a half months or so. And while I was down there, I met a lot of people who, um, who had worked in other parts of the world. And so when I got home, I got a call from one of them and said, that said, uh, hey, we've got jobs in Iraq. If you want to go to Iraq, if you want to go. And I said, oh, sure. I got the phone and went, what? What did I just say? But I was curious. So I thought, well, go ahead. Try it. See what happens. So um, that's how I ended up going over there. And it was not a, I was not a contractor. The, um, the military actually has quite a few civilians working for it under it. So um, I was actually an employee of the army, which is the reason I say that is because it, it's, it's quite different. The people who work for the army make a lot less money and we are not tax exempt. <laughs> and so um, we didn't have it quite as posh as some of the contractors did, but. Anyway, that's how I got over there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you're riding in a truck and you're after a busy day, you're exhausted. What happens next? So um, we had gone out and I'd gone out in the field outside the wire with three other colleagues. So two of us were in one truck, two in another truck. And then we had, we each had guards and we had a lead truck and a gun truck, um, all those guards were all the guards were in those trucks too so um we had visited a few construction sites and we were on our way home and um i was tired yeah and i was bored too <laughs> um riding in 
in trucks with ballistic glass and you know it's it's just not that interesting after a while so i was kind of head on hand um half asleep and all of a sudden i was not mm -hmm. and, um yeah you want me to just keep going yep <laughs> okay so <laughs> yeah i was in the truck and then i was not i was standing on a court sort of um stage with just an array of beings all around me as if I was in a stadium or something. And all those beings, we were all communicating. I was downloading information to them is how I describe that. Um, and they were accepting that information and processing and digesting and whatever. And this transfer of information was like a transfer. It wasn't me talking to them or something. It was more like just projecting this information to them. And then they were taking it in like a download or something. And um, I'm just going to tell you the bare bones right now. So when I was done kind of downloading that information, I told them that I wasn't going to go back. I had no interest in going back to this world. It didn't interest me at all. I was done. And they communicated that was fine. Um, but there, what if what if they helped me out doing this or, you know, kind of helped me set up doing this or if I did this some stuff for them and it's it sounded kind of interesting so in the same way that i just jumped right in and said yeah to iraq <laughs> i did it again with these people i said oh yeah okay i'll go back so as soon as i kind of just agreed to what they <laughs> what they suggested then i what i call blink i just blinked i was in this place kind of this stadium atmosphere and then i was not i was in what I describe as just kind of this um, no space, no, no time, the space that was kind of a velvety black. And, um, and in this space at first there was, it, I didn't have a form. I didn't perceive myself as having a form or certainly not a human form. It was like I was consciousness. And, and at first there was a couple of beings there that were kind of, um, tuning tuning my consciousness or it was kind of like they were um oh um mechanics in a car shop or something they were just tinkering with things and tuning things up and then um i after a while and it, it was also i call it the deep rest environment because i don't know how long i was there but it was deeply deeply restful and rejuvenating and I just felt like I just got more and more and more relaxed and felt better and better and better and better. And at some point I started to sort of page through my life. And, you know, people talk about a life review, but for me it was, it felt more like just kind of a leisurely um, flip through the, the photo book or something, you know, and, and I'll talk about, maybe I'll talk later about, what I was thinking at the time, but it wasn't, it, there wasn't judgment in the way that you might think, or I've heard some other people describe their life review. Yeah. Um, it, it wasn't like that for me. It was very relaxing. It was very interesting, but there was no judgment there. And so when I kind of finished all that and felt um, like I was fully rested, then I, I, I blinked back to that stadium environment and it's like we it's like we were exchanging some more information about what I had agreed to do. And um, 
I talk about this level being kind of the, the architect level um, of, of the project that I had taken on. You know, this is the big, the big view um, kinds of uh, things that we were discussing. And then when we were done, I blinked again and I was, I was with then two other beings, one of whom I knew really well. And the other one I felt like was kind of learning from us or something, or just didn't have the level of skill. But we were kind of, we were able, we were looking down at the truck, the blown up truck and us in the truck from about a 45 degree angle and up above the truck. And I could see the truck and everybody in it, as physical um, objects, but I could also see us as energy organizations. Mm. And I call this the healing environment because we started um, changing my injuries. So I would, we would kind of do the equivalent of waving a hand and setting different kinds of injuries in the body. And then some of them were very, very funny to us. We thought that was hilarious, you know, to like give her brain damage, <laughs> which, you know, is not funny when we're in a human body. But, but from there, it was almost like planning a movie. Yes. Oh, let's have this character do this or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. So anyway, so we played around with that for a while. And then I was like, okay, okay. <laughs> Quit fooling around. We just need to, we just need to, do what I'm going to do. So I just set the injuries that I had. And, um, and as soon as I had done that, then I blinked again and I was, I was kind of in between time or something. I was right. It's kind of, um, uh, well, anyway, um, I was standing right next to the truck and I had like eight or nine other beings with me here. And we were again, discussing what I had agreed to do and what, how this was all going to work. But we were now discussing it instead of from the architect level. If you think of it as discussing it now from the level of the construction workers who have the hammers and you know and the saws, that it's a different kind of um, viewpoint and different kinds of concerns. Mm -hmm. So after we had finished kind of talking that over, then I just pop and I popped back into my body. Right. And we were still, the truck was still rolling down the road. Right. Wow. Wow. So you were out for what you describe as like a blink, uh, a couple of seconds. Yeah. It can't have been very long. It can't yeah. have been more than, yeah. You know what I love about this is how it talks about the nature of time in that we're in an environment where time is actually an illusion, but we are in agreement to this illusion that we call time. And actually, you know, how we can play with time. I play with time all the time. And when we're stressing how time flies and when we're relaxed, how time slows. And it's, it's beautiful to play with time. I've played with time many times. I've been in a car, which I know takes me half an hour to get from one point to another. And I'm in peak hour traffic, so it should take me 45 minutes. And if I turn the music up really loud and sing all the way there, I'm there in about 10 or 15 minutes, which is impossible. It's like time, you know. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah. another thing I love about this is the uh, nature of the agreements that we have and how we agree to, you know, a lot of it before we come and, and how we're in agreement from our broader perspective to a lot of what we're going through because mm -hmm. we see the trauma 
and the tragedy is so um, beneficial. Or um, not trauma. You know, we don't see it as trauma from that point of view. It's like I, another way I often describe it is um, a child falls down and scrapes her knee a little bit and, you know, goes screaming and crying to her mom, ah, you know, end of the world. Ah. And the mom goes, oh, no, and kisses it. And the, and the little kid stops crying. It's like, oh, no, it's okay. <laughs> it's like, you know, you don't have the same um, perspective. Exactly. So, you know, we're the little kids going, oh, my God, it lasts forever. It's going to be horrible. And, and yet, you know, once we leave the body, we're like, oh, that was just a blink. That was nothing. That was, it was not a problem. So, yeah, it, it, and that's not to minimize what we go through here on Earth. It feels real. And when we're in it, it is real because we're in it. You know, if you're playing in a play, then you're putting yourself in that play and you're playing it to the hilt in order to make it a good play, you know, and we're kind of doing the same thing. Yeah. And I also, um, you know, I, I get, I do psychic readings for people. So I get a lot of people asking, well, you know, what is this about? Why is this happening in my life? And, and um, sometimes I get the answer that you don't need to know that, you know, that's not going to help you. That's not going to help you. We want to know what's going on next. We want to know what is this all about? And, and sometimes it's not going to help us to know that, you know, I don't remember a lot of the stuff, whatever I said that I was going to come down here and do, I remember one thing from that right now. And, and it doesn't bother me. That's okay. It's like, you don't sit down to play a game of say monopoly uh, with a friend and someone else comes in and says, okay, this is what's going to happen. You're going to get all these properties. You're going to get all these properties. You're going to get all this money and this money, and this is going to happen this, and then you're going to win. And then that person gets up and walks away. You're going to look at your friend and go, well, now we don't have to play. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I yeah. play you know what's going to happen. So um, sometimes you know, even, even an experience like mine is not necessarily going to help me with some things. You know, I've also had people say, well, um, you know, your, your life must be so much easier. I'm like, why do you think that? It's not, it's not any different than yours or anybody else's. The only thing that's changed is the way I think about things. Yeah. And anybody can change the way they think about things. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. A lot of people who have, as you've coined, the, the spiritually transformative experience, you know, everybody thinks because they've had this amazing experience that they've got all the answers. But as you say, work. it doesn't work that way. It's like somebody, it's like watching a movie and somebody tells you the end of the movie is like, yeah. like, what happens? What happens when I watch movies with my daughter? She's saying, what's happening? What happened next? What happens? What happens? I'm like, watch the movie. <laughs> Stop asking exactly. me what happens. Right. But that's the mind, you know, that's what we do. We want to know the next step, the next step. And there are so many millions of teachers on the planet that are saying, don't worry about the next step, stay in the moment. Right. That's, where the, that's where the juice is. Stop asking what's happening next, you know, stop going to the psychic and saying, read my future, like be in yeah. the moment, Eckhart Tolle, you know, be in the moment, yeah. be in the moment. That's where the juice is. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, one of the things that I often tell people is um, instead of asking yourself, why, 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 why? Ask yourself, how do I best handle this right now? Mm. I, I must, if this has come to me, just assume that I know everything I need to know about that right now. So just handle it the best way I know how right now. 
And then, you know, if it happens again, I'll know a little bit more and I'll handle it a little bit better, or whatever. Or I may, you know, if I handle it right now in the best way I know how, I may have just done everything I need to do and it'll never happen again. <laughs> you know, yeah. you don't know, but all you've got is now. Yeah. So instead of why, 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 and trying to figure it all out, how about just going, well, how do I best handle this today, yeah. right now? You know what else I love about your story? I love how it, 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 it talks about the nature of the support that we have from that non-physical realm. Just because we can't necessarily see them or even hear them or feel them. I think everybody can, actually. I think everyone can feel them. Yeah. But our logical brains can't. They're there. And, and then, you know, as you say, you stood on a stage and there were thousands of them. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people are saying, do I have a guardian angel or do I have a spirit guide? And the answer is, well, actually, thousands of them. Uh, and I believe everybody does in, in some capacity. You might not be aware of the thousands from this perspective. You might not even be aware from the next perspective. You might leave the body and go to another perspective. And then you might go to another realm and another realm and another realm. Or, but, you know, when you're kind of in that expansive arena, you'll see that it's, yeah, we're one with just everyone, everything and everyone. Mm -hmm. But also something that you said about the downloading, because a lot of people think that, you know, this, this ability to be telepathic and feel and download like they do in the matrix, you know, download the information and upload information like a computer does. But we're doing that all the time here in this physical realm. We don't have to be dead to do that. Whether you know it or not, yeah, we are. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you want to speak a little bit about what that felt like? Oh, what it felt like? Hmm. <laughs> I never thought about describing that. Actually, um, it just felt really normal. I mean, <laughs> I'm not sure how to describe that. You know, it's as easy as thinking. Mm-hmm. You think something and it's, and you think conceptually. Mm-hmm. You know, we, I think that, I actually think that most people start out thinking conceptually. We don't start out thinking in sentences and thinking in words. We think in concepts. And I think that that's kind of what, for instance, a meditation practice will, will bring us back to is, um, is that kind of perception, kind of relaxing the mind and um, putting it back into that conceptual perception Mm. i think that's more complete and i think it's um it it gets you out of the the sort of um dualistic kind of thinking and the linear thinking so it's more creative and yeah um yeah as as far as what it felt like i guess the only thing i can say is it just felt normal (laughs) you know that probably doesn't answer your question very well but what else I love about it the story when I read the book the thing that just stuck out for me and I think that it'll be different for everybody who reads the book because there's so much in the book is that co-creative partnership we have with our mob our team and mm-hmm. um, everyone thinks that when they're talking about deliberate creation that we're creating the good stuff in our lives you know everyone's talking about how to create the good stuff but we're creating all of it we're creating all of it. And so when you were there with your uh, buddy, as you've described him before, and his little student, you said there was someone there that was like watching. It could have been a student. It could have been a teacher. Who knows? Like, I don't know if you remember that, but somebody else was watching. 
and you were designing your injuries and having a look at how that would play out on a certain timeline. What was fascinating to me is that you were playing with the timelines and you were looking down a life with that certain injury and how that would play out in your life. And then you'd go, okay, let's swap it up. Let's do, give her another one. That just fascinated. That whole blink moment of you being in that room where you were designing your injuries just fascinated me. Yeah, there's a lot to that. You know, it's, it's that, like you said, that seeing, you know, setting the injuries and then seeing almost like in a holographic, again, conceptual whole in a single moment, seeing the whole lifetime that would result from that. Um, that's interesting. But what's also, what I also like to point out is that, um, you know, choosing my injuries, I didn't choose to be uninjured. Mm. I could, mm-hmm. you know, but, and we think, um, what is healing? You know, we were, we would be like, oh, well, you know, um, healing or, or being, being in, in alignment with my whole self and my, my reason for being, I, if that, if I was that way, I wouldn't be hurt and I wouldn't be sick. Well, mm-hmm. that's not always true. Mm-hmm. You know, we often think, oh, that person is hurting. Oh, it's because they're thinking wrong or they haven't dealt with this emotional problem. Mm -hmm. Or, um, you know, we we diagnose all these people. We don't know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. We don't know, but we've got it in our heads. (laughs) You know, there's these rules. Oh, if you're sick, then, you know, you've got an emotional thing you haven't dealt with or a spiritual thing you haven't dealt with. What if that's not it? What if this is a gift? What if this injury or this, um, this illness is exactly what you came here to experience. Yeah. Yeah. Very yeah. different kind of way of thinking. It is a different way of thinking. Yeah. Because from that non-physical perspective, we don't know what it feels like to be in pain or we don't know what it feels like to feel separated. And we don't know what it feels well, and like. It may just to have to we need to go. We need to work. It may just take us exactly where we need to go. Mm-hmm. It may be the most efficient way to get where, to where we want to be. Mm-hmm. you know, to know what we want to know or to touch the people we want to touch or, you know, whatever. It may not be that, that you as a being need to experience that pain, but that, that, that pain is just part of the experience. And for instance, um, giving birth to a baby, mm-hmm. um, you don't say, well, you know, this is, this is because I need to experience some pain. No, you go, I'm having a baby. And that's just a side effect that's just there. It's just part of it. You know, you just deal with it. I also am wary of saying, well, that's true of everybody. You know, it, some people, the, the point is not in the trauma. The point is in, in, you know, the baby that you happen to go through some trauma to get, you know, mm-hmm. And some people, there's a lot of the whole gift is within the pain or within the, the journey through that pain. Everybody's, mm. I think everybody's doing different things. It's a big world. Infinity, infinity is infinite. If we we're all doing the same thing, how boring would that be? <laughs> I think it would be know. pretty. <laughs> I know. Has anyone got any questions for Natalie? She still looks like she's about to launch into a question. <laughs> Always have questions. <laughs> uh, I was wondering, when you uh, were in the other realm, looking at this uh, environment we are in here, did you get the expression that 
what we are doing here is a, a school, something we to develop the soul, or uh, did you get more a feeling of this is a play, and we are learning to 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 create through our thoughts and feelings more and more consciously? Good question. I think that at that time, um, my perception of this world was, first of all, is a choice. And, you know, the way we think about like a school or learning is, is maybe different from the concept that I sensed um i but i would say that it's about exploration maybe would be a better word than school mm. about exploration and expansion of the self and community and form and all that is mm. in any you know in, in all of its you know in any one of its um expressions you know it's another way of experiencing experiencing the all it's another way of extending the all that is extending the self um, in order to extend the expression of the all that is so is it a school well you know um i think expl exploration for me makes is more accurate than learning exactly if that makes sense Definitely, because from that perspective, from that broader perspective, we seem to have access to anything we need to. We have access to the knowledge, to the information, but not to the experience of it. Like you could read a book or do a class and someone could teach you and you could go, I totally get that. But then when you experience it physically, like yes to trying to describe to someone who can't see what look, seeing looks like or to someone who can't taste what the taste of a orange tastes like that experience that exploration of experience in in 3d and third dimension is, is that yeah you know um if if someone tells you something some experience they had then you go oh wow yeah i kind of get that you know i can kind of feel it in my gut or whatever you watch a movie and you go, oh yeah yeah i get that but you know that you don't really get it i mean if you then live something like that you get it in a whole different way it becomes your vocabulary yeah it doesn't just become something you read about or intellectually understand it becomes a part of you of your of your very essence and so you you know it differently you you own it differently, yeah. And so when you come and have a kind of an ex have an experience in this kind of reality, um, then then you know yourself and your expression in a different way than you would if you didn't come here. But as you had this experience, coming back to this realm and having the memories of it. The, the the world for you is very different from a person who hasn't had the same experience of the other reality. Yeah, it probably is. Um, but I would also say that the longer I'm away from that experience, you know, it's, it gets easier and easier to sort of get pulled back into this reality, back into the play. You know, 
And I can still, you know, I still know the other reality. But it's like, yeah, I know it, but I'm in this play. I'm at, you know, I came here to be in this play. Why not just be in this play in, in some ways? Um, I, I think that, um, I think that more people are aware of the sort of expanded reality than we may think. I think a lot of people are aware of it and don't talk about it, or they're aware of it in ways that they use a different language for it. I have a friend who's a long distance runner and she talks about, you know, getting into the zone. And, you know, when she's upset about something, she goes out running, she gets back into the zone. And by the end of the time she's running, she's, she's clear. And she's talking about the same thing, but we're just using a different language. You know, she's now she's, she's a remembered perspective. She's, she's, emptied her mind and kind of found that other perspective, but she calls it in the zone. That's great. It's great. It works, you know? <laughs> and I think most of us have experiences like that. And we know, we actually know what everybody else is talking about. We just use different languages to talk about it. Yeah. Totally. Thank you. Yeah. I'm thinking, you know, Roberta works with people and relationships. How, how is knowing what we're talking about, how is help us in our relationships, both in our love relationships and in our relationships with our family and in our relationships with, <laughs> you know, strangers and our relationships with, because, you know, we're in relationship with everything. We're in relationship to the cat. We're in relationship to the computer. We're in relationship to the weather. Oh. <laughs> I love black cats. <laughs> how how does it help us in relationships knowing knowing about this thing? Yeah. Well, um, okay, so a couple things. So I think that um, a lot of times when I I mean I still get angry at people and frustrated and go, oh, I don't like that person at all, you know. I don't love everybody. <laughs> I just don't, you know, there's people I don't like, whatever. But now when I feel that way, instead of thinking, you know, at, instead of maybe thinking that that's all they are, is that behavior or that personality, I can't, it's, it's possible for me to say, wait, this is what they're playing. This is the role they're playing. That doesn't mean that's, that's who they are, you know? Um, it's even possible for me, maybe because of some other skills, I don't know, but I can kind of sometimes tune into that, that bigger being of theirs and find that kind of affection for them or at least respect, you know, at least say, well, they are also part of this, all that is. They are related to me. They're my relations. Yeah. So I can dislike them, but I can't condemn them. I can't deny them. Yeah. I have to say they are. And when I, as soon as I say they are, instead of they are this, they are that, they are whatever. Instead of, you know, if I cut all that other stuff out and just say they are, then I go, oh, oh okay. They're legit, you know? <laughs> It's a different way of perceiving someone or something. I mean, you can do the same with a thing with a tree, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. 
what you're in relationship to. Another thing, okay, so that's one thing. The other thing I wanna say is that, um, you know, people talk about, oh, um, be in your heart, open your heart, love everybody. And I say, you know, you're never gonna love everybody. You're just not gonna like everybody. That's the way it is, you know, love, like whatever. You're, instead, if you, if you can go into that heart space of yours and find your affinity for yourself and get to know yourself and love yourself, all the rest of it is going to be taken care of with, with no effort. It's all, all the rest of that is going to be a side effect of loving yourself and yeah. liking yourself and appreciating yourself. Yeah. When you come to that place, you're not going to be afraid of anybody. You're not going to feel threatened by anybody. You're not going to you're not going to be irritated by anybody. You're, they'll just be like, huh, I, I don't care to be around that person, but whatever, you know, it, you're going to, a lot of that frustration and that, um, that competition that we get into in relationships will be gone. Mm -hmm. Now that's one of those messages that you need to experience to understand because i yeah. can't tell you how many times people said love yourself like, i've been listening to that for 40 years you yeah. know like love yourself love yourself love yourself and people are like okay i'm gonna love myself i'll go buy some more shoes or i'll go and have a massage <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know I, that's why i i use different words for instance i say affinity for yourself find <laughs> affinity for yourself mm -hmm. find those Find that kind of resonant place where you resonate with yourself where you're like, oh, I feel even more like myself. Yeah. Where you can where you can look at the bad things about yourself or the hard things or the weak things and say, you know what? I'm not crazy about those things, but they're mine. Yeah. They're all mine. You know, and go, it's okay, you know, some of the crap comes with the good stuff. It's okay. Yeah. I yeah. like myself. I like myself. When you come to that place, you know, then you're going to know yourself in a different way and experience yourself in a different way. And when you do that, you experience everything around you in a different way. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, I think for me, it was, um, it was listening to people like you, Natalie, and many, many others. I have not had an NDE. I've had plenty of uh, uh, transformative experiences, the spiritual experiences, but it was knowing myself as soul and not my body, personality, my mind or my thoughts, but as a courageous soul that came into this third dimensional environment, because I reckon you've got to be courageous to come here because where we come from, like when I listen to people who speak about heaven and afterlife and where we come from is just so incredibly sublimely, incredible like beautiful love light liquid love light whatever unconditional love and we come into this contrasting polarized environment i'm thinking now that's a brave soul like that's someone who's climbing mount everest i agree <laughs> and wow <laughs> i just think you know the love for that decision makes you love yourself more i think and, mm -hmm. and then to go through what we go through, the illness and the traumas and the death and all that stuff that we go through, just the love to, to be up for that. Yeah, so for me, it was, loving myself was not about nurturing the body or even nurturing the brain or the mind or learning anything. It was about getting to know myself as soul and, um, and those yeah, decisions, like why I came and 
what I was up for. And to me, that made me love myself so much more. And then thinking I'm every 7 billion people on the planet made that decision. And so mm -hmm. I could love them as much as I could love me. That decision to come here, mm -hmm. I could love them as much as I could love me. Yeah, that's what did it for me. After 40 years of trying to love myself, that's what did it for me. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I mean, we think that it's, it's about self-identification. How do you identify yourself? I am whatever. I'm a white woman living in Arizona in the United States, or I am a soul. And I'm not my body, I'm not my emotions, I'm not my thoughts. I am a being having those emotions and experiencing through those thoughts and experiencing through that body. And when you make that distinction and when you actually, you know, kind of remind yourself over and over, at some point you're going to have the experience of that and you're going to go, oh, oh, I get it, you know. <laughs> I really believe that. I believe that if you if you practice, it'll you'll get it. At some point, you'll get it. Yeah. Ready.